0: Re-read from a crag. This is episode number 80 and our book is Karn, Eater of Worlds by Anthony Reynolds. This is a republish of an older book that they just came out with in beautiful limited edition and tells the story of the immediate aftermath of the Siege of Terra before Karn's the betrayer but after he's your friendly neighborhood Karn. We posted several questions on our website wh40kbookclub.com and we encourage participation in our conversations via Twitter, YouTube, our site, or Encrypted Vox channel. Spoiler warning, if you haven't yet read the book, go to the site, check out the book and the questions and come back to this post as we'll be discussing the book from start to finish in great detail. With that, let's dive in. Did you like the book? I loved it. I greatly enjoyed this book
1: so much fun it's a fast read which was good very fast because I didn't realize we were podcasting about this book tonight until Sunday I was like oh, oh crap
0: <laughs> whoops <laughs> whoopsie whoopsie
1: but it's such a fast read because it's so much fun
0: it is and it reads his prose I have two very niggling complaints about the book but other than that his prose just like it just flew by and it's it and i I don't know if it was because i was just so invested in the characters and because i'm so partial to the world eaters in general and this one this one hit on a lot of themes that i really like with the world eaters so i was a little worried like i was reading it i was like oh man this is just me being partial to this and carrie's dying
1: i was not did out to you Oh, so quite a few things. So um, go on ahead and get your glasses to drink because I'm reading the Horus Heresy right now. And I know, but I'm reading Betrayer right now. And I can't imagine that I can't imagine reading this without either having read Betrayer or reading Betrayer at the same time, because there's so there's so, so much so. For example, one thing that stood out to me from the beginning is when Draeger when I mean, he's kind of reflecting on what's happened with the World Eaters, and he actually blames the Emperor for how they've become because they didn't put down Angron like
0: he wanted to. That, by the way, that hit me really hard in the feels. Because if you remember on the book... It's like, oh, I blame the Emperor. It's like the bottom line on the page, and then you have to flip the page. Mm -hmm. And he said that, and I was like, oh boy, here we go. The Emperor was a bad father. The Emperor didn't love them enough. The Emperor didn't stop this, and his next lines are, he just didn't let them die.
1: Yep. Holy balls. So what that immediately reminded me of is an early on in Betrayer, when Karin is talking to Argyle Tall, because Tal makes the comment that Karn is, not Karn, <clears throat> Angron is no Primarch. And Karn's like, he's my Primarch. He goes, no, he's not a real Primarch. You feel it too. And Karn admits that the reason, they never felt a connection to him. And that was the reason why they all agreed to do the Butcher's Nails was to maybe feel some connection to them. And Tal's like, do you? He goes, there's, there's still no. So, the fact that Draker was like, you know, he's a broken thing. The Emperor never should have brought him back out. He should have just, you know, because he wanted to die. He didn't want anything to do with anybody. Let it, let him die. It's like, yes, it would have been hard, you know, moving on without ever knowing your Primarch. He's like, but at the same time, he's like, it's gotta have been better than, than what this is. And... And I may have just thought of, you know, Karn saying, like, we feel no connection to him. Everything we're doing is to try to feel something.
0: Yes. And that hit me really hard because it's such an interesting, like, I I think, like, people have always kind of said that. And it harkens back to one of my favorite ADB quotes, and it's from The Master of Mankind, which you'll get there eventually, but... They're, um, one of the custodians is sassing off to a world leader, and he says something along the lines how, like, your Primarch was the only Primarch that had to be rescued. Every other Primarch was a leader of a world, you know, where they were kings, they were lords, they were these, you know, noble beings that had conquered their worlds, but not yours. Yours had to be rescued. Because he's just this, and, you know, I, I rag on the Angron Primarch novel a lot, because I... Really, really vehemently hated that book, but kills me inside to say the one good, like the one interesting thing about it is it does posit, I hate what it posits, but I, I I hate the application of the theory, but the theory that maybe had he not had the butcher's nails, yes, he would have been, the warhounds were always a little bloodthirsty. They were always a little more martial than everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. A little more tending to just want to kill things uh not very elegant so maybe he could have been this like brutish Primarch who yes there were no frills to him hello ferris Manus. um you know like he's not a super great tactician he could have been more he
1: could have been more gladiatorial less berserker
0: yes a little less rage monstery um it's a very interesting, and the other part along that that stood out to me that's kind of in that same vein, is when Karn is cleaning Gorechild, and he's like, do you know why I have this axe? And he's like, it's not because, like, Angron chose me. He just discarded it. Like, he discarded it, and I picked it up, and he discarded it because it was no longer of use to him. And Drager's the one who's just like, yeah, no longer served its purpose. And Karn's like, yeah, kind of like our Legion. Like, it just...
1: <laughs> yeah there was like stuff like that that just you know you know rit-
0: there's a sad tragedy and then of course watching all of the world eaters like slowly but surely just lose themselves to the nails and like Drager being like no that is not my future I mean yes it is it definitely is my future but it's not my future <sighs> it I always hits me the feels <clears throat>
1: I saw so many parallels and I know this is like on purpose between the world eaters the descent to madness from the nails and the blood angels with the black rage I mean I know that that's done on purpose because they're almost like very much the world eaters and the blood angels are almost kind of two halves of a whole in, in many in different ways Um, just you know one's more elegant and refined you know one's just like was like, oh, we try not to go into the red thirst. And everyone's just like, sweet blood for everybody. You know, just very opposite opposite end. So it's kind of interesting to me, you think about the flesh terrors, how they kind of like just really walk that line in, in between, which kind of makes that really, to me, a lot more interesting. But this book to me was sad in so many ways. And... Probably because I'm seeing so many of the things that are unfolding in Betrayer with it. Just kind of the start of the fall of the Legion. And it's one of those things. You got these. You got Drager and you got Brond. You just want the things to be the way that they were. You know, we don't have to go after Terra. Like, that was stupid. We never should have done that. But let's just, you know, all be together and, like, you know, do our things together without realizing, you know, and they think Karn's going to be the one to lead him, When really, Karn doesn't care either. He's like, oh, okay, well, we can be reunited in that we're all going to die together. And he says that very plain and clear here. Just, well, fate, well, our fate is together.
0: We're going to die. What does he say? Like, what does he say to Draker? You want to unite the Legion? Mm-hmm. Here you go. Like, this is your opportunity. And okay. I do like when... It hit me real hard in the feels when Drager's just like, oh, they've left me a perfect shot. And he kills the Emperor's Children emissary and just, when he says, he's like, nothing brings people together like a war. Mm -hmm. But that idea that you're absolutely right, that Karn basically tells him, you want to bring our legion together? This is how it's going to be. It's going to be because we are united against killing the Emperor's Children. We are united against killing, insert opponent Year.
1: Right. And like Brown won't refuse to see it that way. Right, He he has this grand vision about them being civilized and it's kind of sad, really. It is. Because I think Karn is the only one who understands the Legion at all.
0: Well, let's, let's dive into that. Um, what are your thoughts? So I, I call this like the middle stage of Karn because you're reading The Betrayer. So you get to see pre-Karn, like pre-Heresy Karn, right? I mean, it's kind of sliding into the heresy there, but you get to see... Well, like even reading
1: Karn, like in the first uh, five books, because he's mentioned mm-hmm. in there, and he's very calm and reserved, and um, he and Loken get along very mm-hmm. well. Um, You know, and I got to see him a little bit in the Sigismund book, where he's just like, mommy well, we battle together. Okay, cool. Do we just become best friends? Yes. You know, uh so Yeah, basically. <clears throat> so, you know, some of that and I was kind of wait, that wasn't a betrayer. See now the problem with reading betrayer sometimes is I'm getting some of these things confused because it's like It's all good. Because like, oh, because they even mentioned that in this book. No, that was Betrayer. They mentioned them fighting together. <clears throat> so yeah, so I am kind of seeing the bits bits and pieces of Karn and you know, I have seen, you know, Rage Monster Karn and Tr- Shroud of Night where just was basically just like, I want that skull, and I don't care who I have to kill to get that skull
0: on the way up there. Exactly. So this is an interesting stage of him where he's he's not quite the Berserker yet, but he is definitely not dude he was pre-Heresy. Nope, right? He There's hasn't something... totally
1: slid into the whole um blood god thing either not 100% not yet
0: no what do you do you like him as a character in this middle stage like are you is it well, yeah, sad cause,
1: well I do like him I it was sad when I got to know him a little bit early on in the horse heresy just to see like okay only thing I know about Karn is that like, he's you know this crazy man with two axes uh, so it actually seem like you know have like conversations and you know make witty comments and so then you see here you kind of see both sides of it kind of you know sliding back and forth you know it's almost kind of like watching a loved one go through Alzheimer's you know they have their moments of lucidity and then they slide and then they come back and then they slide and then each time they slide they slide longer and longer and longer until there's nothing left and I think that's you know the idea of dementia or Alzheimer's is a lot of what they're going through, I think the nails just obviously, the nails is obviously the catalyst of, of all of this. That that's, without the nails, they would still be berserkers, but not to this degree where they would be, they'd be um, out of control. And it's one thing that Drager even talked about how he wanted the control and, you know, and Ruark was like, your need for control is going to be your undoing.
0: Right you tap on something that i i do also like with the so and this kind of blends us into my next question about the doomed nature of so many legions and just kind of the nature of the world leaders like you see this with through squirrel and mavens you see it through their point of view where it's like oh my master is one of the good ones but even they like they kind of have this easy rapport and Draker definitely likes squirrel but they all kind of have this edge to them, which I guess, as you said, it is kind of like dementia, right? Where like they're lucid for periods and then they're not. And like with Ruach, that scene for me with Ruach was so awful when he's in the Medicaid and he's like, okay, you got to fix my arm. And she's like, yeah, okay, I will. But she, the whole time, a little nervous, right? And he's just kind of chit chatting with her about his arm and like, oh, the tech Marine won't actually fix this for me. And this kind of sucks and then a blinking light on her bracelet just sends him into a rage. Mm -hmm. The nails are awful, and ADB handles it particularly well. We see it with um, Lior Vine Urquus in the Black Legion books, Mm -hmm. right, where they talk about like how he's constantly ticking and like, remember he makes a couple comments, Iskander makes a few comments about, oh yeah, this is back in the days when he still had control over himself really awful right and yet they managed to discuss how doomed they are and how awful this is without having to revisit the uncle ben slash martha and thomas wayne that is the implantation of the oh tell me that's not the case
1: I just never like, thought oh, about the that deeders,
0: we got to re-talk about them getting the nails put into their heads i've
1: uh just never thought about it <laughs> that way before. It's kind of funny.
0: It's 100% true. But do you feel like you understand the world leaders now better? Do you do you like them as a legion? Before? After? Neither? Neither? Um, Let's call the whole thing off.
1: I'm not a fan of the legion. I feel like I understand them better. But I'm not a fan of the legion. Um, actually, I, sh- I should change that. I'm not a fan of Angron. At all. That's fair. And I'm not, and I know he wasn't even in here, but he doomed his his own legion and things. He doesn't even care. He didn't care. He didn't care about any of this. And, you know, kind of like when, you know, tossing Gorchild in the general direction of Karn because it had no use for him. That's why he, be, you know, became like this, you know, the demon prince of Corn And was just like, well, this isn't fun anymore. I'm out uh, just kind of leaving him to their own devices and especially like listening to the things that he does in betrayer you know, it's what's really funny is uh, how frustrated Lotara gets with him or she like at one point she even says like out loud she's just like can this legion do anything right like I actually barked a laugh
0: and she's, she's the baddest bitch in the galaxy. And
1: she and she's right. Like there is no there is no planning. And on one hand, they don't they don't have to, but on the other hand, they don't care how many of them get killed. We saw this on Istvan 3, especially. You know, any that may not have been on their side. Um, and in Betrayer, they talked about how the librarians did not take the nails very well. And so their options was execution or removal of the nails. ha, <laughs> we can't remove them. So it's like death or exile exile like death by exile, by exile.
0: <laughs> exactly yeah exactly it's um, it is. you know because huh. at least
1: the only thing i'll say about fulgrim is that at least at one point he cared about his sons and i think that Mort- mortarian cares as well he do not care about typhus but nobody cares about typhus but mortarian nobody cares,
0: cares. um I mean, obviously, he, he sacrificed himself and essentially his legion to Nurgle to save his sons. Exactly. So um, that they don't all die. Right. The only and, two Primarchs who do not give a shit about their sons are Conrad. Conrad and, and Angron. Angron.
1: You know, like, I know there's, a, there's that one meme, and I forget which cartoon this is from, where it's just like, you know, Daddy, what do you want from me? He's like, I want you to die. He's like, you know, it's like this giant spider monster he made and just stabbing it over and over again. That's kind of how they both are. Like, we don't want this. We, you know, uh, we don't care what happens to you. We don't care about anything. It was just unfortunate. Um, so the world eaters, I understand why they would feel so, so, fra- you know, um, fractioned and just lost. They, that's really the best way to describe them. They're just so lost. And those who know what they are, they're the ones that have already given themselves to the nails. Like, Ruuk. He didn't care. Because he's already given himself over to that. You know, the last thing that I think that Angron actually cared about was his rebellion brothers and sisters in the slave pits. Those are the last people he cared about. After that, he didn't care about anything anymore. And that may right. be a sign of where the way that the nails had gone as well. Um, but, you know, it's like... <laughs> We talk about you know different how some primarchs were were done dirty and I don't think Angron was done dirty. I think that he just he was a broken thing. He's a broken thing, and so therefore he's going to have a broken legion, and it's just unfortunate. You know, uh, Karn talks about fate often in this book, and he's right. He, he was just like it's our fate. It was like they talked about what if we did have the butcher's nails. He's like it was our fate to have the butcher's nails. It's just like it's it's our fate that we're all going to die together. No, we're not going to recruit. That's great. You guys have all the gene seed for stuff we're never going to do because we're all going to die. It's very nihilistic, but not in the Night Lords way.
0: Right. It is. There is a, there is a hatred. It Well, yeah, the Night Lords are more, there's a hatred there. Right. I mean, true nihilism. Just, I hate the world and everything in it. The world eaters, and, like the ones who have given themselves over to the nails, it almost feels more apathetic. Like, yeah. okay, this mm. is just kind of fatalistic, maybe. Just this is the way it is. I think is. that's the word and, I was looking um, for is
1: fatalistic, not nihilistic. But yeah, fatalistic. Very
0: fatalistic, right? Just like, yeah, this is... Uh, are future giant rage monsters who can't control ourselves anymore, and they're not that far away from the life.
1: orcs. But even the orcs have their moments, you know. They are right. they can actually pull back and come out of their well, the rage orcs, battles.
0: Are, yeah, the big difference is that the orcs they're have, they are living their best lives. Mm-hmm. Um, they have they're lucid. Like that's just who they are, and this is fun to them. The the world eaters just lose themselves entirely, and the thing that killed me is like when ruach is like where am i like oh you're here oh yeah i killed this person didn't i yeah you did and you also killed the apothecary yeah i did do that too um but then when there was the other scene where i think it's drager wakes up and he's like checking his gauntlets right he's like oh my god okay there's no blood on me right i think I'm good like that has to be Terrifying again, as you said, kind of like a dementia patient or like when your grandparent has dementia, right? And all of a sudden they get that moment or of, Where am I? How did I get here?
1: Look at the blood angels, you know, they uh, they're uh, the black rage when they have their moments of lucidity. it's like, No idea what just happened, no idea where I've been, no idea what's been going on. I did None. just say though, that whole thing with Ruik, I did laugh though, because they're talking about how you killed the apothecary, he's like, Well, we dueled. It's was like, yeah, it's supposed to be the, the, the first the first blood. It was. You cut off his head. It's was a lot of blood. I was like, well, okay, that's one way to, to, you know, put it, but...
0: I want you to know that when I got to that scene, all I could think about was Soap Dish. we cut. Oh, we cut. <laughs> like, there's no bringing him back, it turns out. um, Yeah, it... it Well, it turns out if you want
1: to bring somebody back when you cut off their head, you need Fabulous Bill. Pretty much. Mm -hmm.
0: Pretty much, um, which I cannot, his little cameo in this, not really him, but his handiwork with the
1: I thought of you. It's like, oh, Jen's Jen's not going to handle this one well. Especially when he starts messing with it in the mirror. Uh,
0: (laughs) At best, I picture the Demogorgon, mm. or the Demogorgon George Foreman, as my daughter calls him. Um, like I pictured that, but at worst, I pictured, oh, is it Blade Three with Triple H in it? You know what I have... actually
1: pictured? Um, which
0: Blade is just, that? Just
1: talking about the crisscrosses and how things open up. What I actually thought of was, um, Dark Knight how they actually did the cgi for uh for two-face
0: oh yeah 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 that's fair i think it's the third one no maybe it is the second one i don't really remember you guys yeah, i think it was the third one because there's another one that had the dog in it whichever one had triple h in it was the one with the mouths opening up and as bad as that movie was despite having ryan reynolds and triple h in it um the I read that when he was just like, oh, Fabulous Bill did this. I was like, of course he did. Of course he did. Why? Why not?
1: I kind of like the swordsman, though. I felt bad for him in the end.
0: A little bit, actually, yes. I mean,
1: he saved Squirrel, so he's... He didn't have to do that.
0: And he and Drager probably could have been friends.
1: Yeah, they talked about the mutual respect and and how hurt he was. <laughs> the- we
0: should have had a short story with him being the Felix to Drager's Oscar.
1: Mm. It would
0: have been amazing. Yeah. Just saying. Like, it, two could have been friends. And, um, yeah, uh, world leaders don't make very good friends, turns out. <laughs> Who knew? So um, well, Drager and Brond are in very different places spiritually like they are
1: they want the same thing (laughs) but they want two different ways to get
0: it pretty much and they don't intersect no no and they definitely disagree um and it's interesting to me that Karn essentially became the last hope right we are fractured we are broken our father doesn't give a crap he gone um (laughs) Karn, Karn will save us. Karn is the answer, and Drager fully believes that, right? Like, look, we just need this one guy. If we can get one guy, we'll basically go back to the way it was. Whereas Bronn is more along the lines of, yeah, like, no, and you're chasing a dream that never really was. Like, we can all just stay together and be friends. Like, do our thing. We don't need Karn. We don't need
1: this. No, like, that, but Karn doesn't. And too. Karn does not even want it. No.
0: But I think I think Drager thought that he did. And I think Brond realized that
1: no. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. No, this is not going to be what saves our legion. This is we need to forge our own path. Um did you like either of them? Neither?
1: I did I liked them both. You know, it was just like man, I wish you guys could just see eye to eye
0: and just kind of work things out, but I really... I liked Bronn. I loved Drager. Loved his character. I felt so bad for him. Um, Yeah. Especially given the short story that you know... You know Drager's fate.
1: And Bronn as well.
0: And Bronn too. But Drager meets it first. Oh yeah. And that... That made me a little sad. And we'll talk a little bit more about the short story later because it's also very important to the story. Um, I liked them both. They both had a pet human who they saw value in and they really liked and they needed, right? I did like that Braund recognized Maven in, in, even in the short story too, like in the future, he recognizes Maven's skills. He recognizes his use. Goral and Drager, Drager, they need an apothecary. They have no one. She's the closest thing they have. But you also get the impression that there was some level similar with Karn and Lotara. There's some level of respect here, mm-hmm. right? We're not we're not BFFs. We're not gonna go hang out and braid each other's hair. But we do. Re- I do respect you, even right. though I'm still dangerous as hell, right? And prone to bouts of rage. Did you understand, like, why Drager had so much faith in Karn? Like, did you get that? Did you like that part of it? I think he just,
1: you know, like so many of these legionaries, he's like Baruta. He wants something to believe in, but Baruta already has that thing. He knows what he believes in, and he is committed. Drager just wants to find that something, and so he's just looking, and he thinks Karn is, is, is going to be it.
0: So you bring up an interesting point with Baruda. What did you think of that scene where Draker and Baruda are talking about the Blood God?
1: Uh, not very much because I really don't remember it.
0: <laughs> where Baruda is just like, "Yeah, like we're gonna follow the Blood God," and Draker's like, "Those are just demons." Like oh. I understand that demons exist. We're not worshiping them. And Beruda and Bond kind of being like, nah. uh, like weird flex, but okay.
1: I think, well, you know, it kind of goes to, I think, you know, what we see with some bunch of other of the, you know, traitor legionaries is that, yeah, we know these things, exist exist. Well, kind of like fabulous bills the same way. He knows that these things exist, but he's like, we're not worshiping
0: them. To me because typically the world eaters are all presented as a unified front in their worship of corn like and it's also always kind of been and i know that some of the stories especially betrayer kind of lead like some nuance to that but when you think of the world Eaters, you just think of angry cornites right and we even refer to them kind of synonymously right like cornites world eaters right if i say the word cornite you're probably picturing a world eater um It was interesting to me to see that there was still a a time when some of them were like, "Mm -mm, nah, it's just a demon, man. Don't trust that.
1: Not... Well, they don't survive. Like... Like the world eaters who refuse to get the butcher's nails. You don't survive. You don't follow along with the path of the lemmings. You don't survive either way.
0: I hadn't thought of it that way. That's a good point. That, yeah. I mean, shit, we know what Drager's fate is. Does that make you sad to know, though? Like, both of them? Both of them end up getting killed?
1: Um. Yeah. But, I, honestly, when I, when it hit me, like, that Brond was actually in this book. You know, after I read the short story, I was just like, oh. Okay. That, to me, actually was a sign of. Don't get attached to anybody here
0: because I they may
1: not the make
0: it. In general, you
1: know, and and I was thinking about you know Leor Vine as well, or even you know the the uh, World Eater Apothecary that was with Fabulous Bill.
0: Dude, really? <laughs> carry too soon. <laughs> Her- AKA one of my favorite characters of like the last five years
1: so for those who are just listening Jen has like you know nice little you know cheerleader tears coming down her face Um, but yeah so it just seems to be like this is their fate you know kind of reminds me of like with the uh, like the emperor's children we know that there's some that are never going to die and they're the ones that I hate the most Lucius is never going to die Fabulous Bill is never going to die, and I hate them both so much. And with the World Eaters, it's like, unless your name is Karn, you may not make it. Because Karn's another one of those characters that they can't kill. It's just one of those named characters. Be like, killing he, Kato Sicarius. You just can't kill the guy.
0: They do, it's going to be like, because another major event has occurred um
1: yeah but then it'll be soft dead they'll go the way of marvel in dc and make things soft dead
0: please god no um yes you are correct it, it, i guess i hadn't thought of it that way either like just don't get attached to your world eater friends because they're not making it out of most of the books unless their name is karn right or ingron like even even my girl lutara <laughs> Like, she's in the siege, but no idea what happens is going to happen to that girl.
1: Um, I'm sure it's going to be in some book of the Siege of Terra.
0: Oh, I have no doubt. But transitioning over to Squirrel and Maven, like, we've seen the future, Maven's future, which we'll talk more about here later. But we've seen Maven's future. I'm going to make some assumptions about Squirrel.
1: Well, she wasn't there. So, I mean, she could be up on the ship. Because she is a Medicaid.
0: Could be. I don't uh, know.
1: Did he Did he write more books in this series?
0: You know what? I didn't even look that up. Anthony Reynolds. Because I am curious. Uh, It looks like no. He did write... Um, a word bearers omnibus, which no offense to Anthony Reynolds, but you can miss me because word bearers.
1: Actually, because of this book, I'm actually looking into the word bearers omnibus because I'm curious. Like if you can make me kind of like world eaters, then what else can you do?
0: (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Um, well, yeah. Don't dive too deep into it because depending on the uh, publishing schedule, we might need to go into the Wayback Machine. And
1: oh, you're not going to read the Word Bearers Omnibus. We'll find something else if we're reading the Word Bearers Omnibus.
0: No, we're reading the Ariman Omnibus.
1: Okay, but you we okay? The
0: fabulous build. To series. be
1: fair, you bought be that sure. Ariman Omnibus before I did, so you started this. If anything else.
0: First off, I don't appreciate your tone. Second off, bite me. And third, <laughs> fair.
1: Besides, there is a like limited edition coming out of you know um, Nightbringers. So if we have to go back into the wayback machine and reread a book that we both have already read, then so be it. We don't can mute the good time. We we can find something that's not going to torture you with word bears.
0: What? If And I'm just saying this, but like, what if they go back and they do a special edition of all of the books? And then eventually I can have Dead Sky, Black Sun and special edition. And
1: do you really want to read that fifth book?
0: I won't buy that one.
1: (laughs) Yes, you will, because you won't be able to deal with a hole
0: (laughs) in your collection. I'll get a strip of paper (laughs) and just write the name of it on there and be like, there you go. Tape it on my hardback copy our copy of the fifth book because we bought it the day that it published.
1: I mean, there is also you know the new limited edition that came out of xenos you know, Eisenhorn book. I mean, we do have other books in the Wayback Machine. We do have
0: the Wayback Machine. That but, is true. I guess so. You're, I guess you're right.
1: So we don't um, we don't have to. I'm just saying that I am interested in it because I'm really curious that and the guy on the cover like I'm really curious you guys should go look up the cover of the Wardbearer's Omnibus if you haven't seen it because I'm curious how this guy walks into rooms <laughs> like
0: one of my favorite like more facts? so
1: than the night lords with the bat wings like
0: yes one of my favorite trivia facts that I learned recently is that porcupines are very clumsy and they actually end up Dabbing themselves a lot with their quills because they fall and stuff Um, and so their quills have like an antiseptic on them basically so that they don't get infected from cutting themselves (laughs) which is like which makes porcupines perhaps the most edgelord of animals but that's all I (laughs) can think of looking at the cover of this book. I
1: did not know that about porcupines, that's fascinating.
0: So, but that's all I can think about now looking at him as I'm like, I bet they're all coded in antiseptic because he stabs himself. Like, how does he turn his head? Or God forbid he ever had a blonde moment and they were like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Blood. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, you guys have to check it out. It's it's hysterical art. <laughs> like, not the finest. Not the finest. No offense to the artist. It's just not maybe a little too spiky somebody should have dialed back the spikes a bit like we probably
1: like we stared at it in our individual offices for probably about a good 30 minutes like picking out different things
0: oh my god like picking out like every time you the more you look at it the more you will find something else to be like wait how does that not break off?
1: Remember those pictures that were in the mall that when you looked in them, you could see like they were like they were like of nothing, but when you looked at them really hard, suddenly you could see like the 3D image like pop out. You know what I'm talking about?
0: See the sailboat.
1: Yes, the sailboat. That's what this like, was like. Or the
0: schooner. Yes. <laughs> a new detail just popped out and you were like, oh my god. Like a Where's Waldo book. Yes. Like, oh well, look at that, that person has a little hat. Just say. It's anyways, focusing. Um (laughs) where were we? I don't know. Talking about Squirrel and Maven. So were you invested in their stories? Did you like them as characters? Were they good additions to the book? Were they necessary to the book?
1: Uh yes, I think they're necessary because I think it's very necessary to show if you're trying to show that these two world eaters are actually, you know, the good world eaters or or whatever. (laughs) Or, you know, the ones that are a little more under control. I think it's very important to have these two. And I think these two are actually very, very important to the story. I mean, especially the fact that she's, you know, helping keep Karn alive. Um, you know, obviously, uh, him <coughs> being the Seneschal to, to Brond, that's very important for later. And I was very invested in them. Like, I was actually kind of worried that Squirrel wasn't going to make it through this book.
0: She talked about laying in the pool of her own blood. I was like, oh, no, I already got attached. <laughs> like, I was very upset about that. And I actually legit had a thought where she talks about how, like, he's holding something and he throws it and she realizes it's her arm. My first thought is it was like, well, she there's literally nothing to save her. Like, she, she's dead.
1: Oh, yeah, because I mean,
0: fortunately, our friendly emperor's child came in but I mean I was I was terribly invested I was invested in their friendship it was a little flirtatious it was very respectful of each mm-hmm. other like these were two people who whether or not they had a long standing bond they immediately recognized right like oh <laughs> you also serve a psychopath me too um like right. I would imagine that a lot of the humans and you don't see it as much with Lotara because Lotara is Lotara um but I would imagine a lot of humans on a world eater ship would immediately have that kind of kinship of we have to survive.
1: Right, the ones that aren't crazy gang gangbangers down in the hole.
0: Right, exactly. And it just I'm always a little fascinated, especially on a chaos ship, about the mortal denizens. Um, God, it just it, it sounds like it's literal anarchy.
1: However, there. I have to say though, this is probably the least disgusting ship of a trader ship I've ever read. Because, you know, there's not ooze coming out of the walls, there's no flush chairs. I mean, on a whole, if you're going to have to be on a mm-hmm. chaos ship, this one doesn't so- seem so bad.
0: After you read Betrayer, there's one short story you have to read called A Rose Watered with Blood, because it tells you a lot more about Karn 2 and Lotara. Um, they describe being on the Conqueror. At one point, there are lice, like the size of marbles.
1: Is the Conqueror a Death Guard ship?
0: No, the Conqueror is Angron's uh, flagship.
1: Oh, um, I thought it was called something else, huh?
0: Oh, uh, oh geez, somebody keep me honest there. I would have thought it was the Conqueror, but it could be conflating two ships. Anyways, point being, she's on Ingram's flagship and she talks about like there being like blood flies and like lice the size of marbles because they're just feeding off of all of the blood. And just whew, yeah, to our earlier point on one of the co- the continual conversations we have about like if you had to choose a Chaos God, it would still probably be Corn mm-hmm. because it seems the least gross. Um, but I gotta be real honest when, like, he talks about walking through and, like, feeling the viscera, like, squelch beneath his feet. I was like, this...
1: No. Yeah, but at least they're wearing boots.
0: Okay, there is that.
1: So, I mean, it's not like they're walking barefoot. They're not sloshing in their boots the way that the Death Guard are, you know? I mean...
0: I want everyone to know that that lives rent-free in my head. From... And I, I really did like that book. Um... But that that with Vork's when he talks about how he's walking and he can hear the sloshing in his boots from like his his innards,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, it's a thing.
0: That lives rent free in my head. Mostly, like if you ever make the mistake of like stepping in like a puddle or water, and then like your your shoes are squeaking, that's all I think about. I'm just like, oh god, this is how it began. This is how it begins. It's disgusting. So I guess you're right. Yes, this is like the cleanest. Even though I just imagine there's just dried blood flecks everywhere. But I guess, again...
1: That's still better than Death Guard ship.
0: Blood than flesh chairs? Or
1: flesh chairs. That are or still living. That's
0: going on in a lord ship. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm with you on this one. Mm. I reluctantly agree on that point, even though it still sounds really disgusting. Um... But I just, I like that they had time to make this friendship between them. It was a little flirtatious, not outwardly romantic. But again, there's just like this kinship between these two characters. And it it did help show, as you said, illustrate the differences between the world eaters. These are some of the good ones, but even with them, even within, you have to tread carefully, right? Because mm-hmm. like she talks about how when she's in the elevator with Draker, and she's just like, it's a little too close for me if he decides he's going to lose it this is too close this is too close this is too close
1: right because she's monitoring him she's seeing how he's getting tense because he's in an enclosed space and she even yeah. mentioned she's like he's like I need a report she's like I already gave you a report and she notices mm, he's getting worse so it's and
0: like right yeah
1: Yeah. so just the whole thing we're kind of tread very carefully mm-hmm. he'll protect me Mm-hmm.
0: But <laughs> to a point. as long as I don't piss him off. So one of my niggling complaints, though, comes f- through Maven. The whole Bloodborne thing never gets dealt with. Uh,
1: yeah, because I kept waiting for that to get resolved where it gets out that they're the that he and Bronn are the
0: ones that let these people on. Mm hmm. Oh, I don't know. I guess I guess it wasn't important. Like when you were the world leaders and now you do have Karn awake. <laughs>
1: oh, but but, um, but, however, there was a scene that when Drager is talking to Karn and he was trying to talk about it, It's like, well, we obviously have traitors on this ship. And he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, well, we're world leaders. That's going to happen. We need to find out who it is. Uh, who cares? So there you that's
0: go. That's true. He's pretty much the first person to be like, that's nice. Like, we're all traitors. Yeah, but traitors to us.
1: Like I didn't stutter.
0: As opposed to what? Hmm. Um, Yeah. It... That... I was... Uh, I wanted there to be some closure. I thought if nowhere else, there would have been between Maven and Squirrel. Because Squirrel, being so la- loyal to Draeger, of course, is incensed by this. And not happy about it. And like, this is not okay. Who the hell would have done this? And Maven... Uh, yeah, weird. I thought if anywhere it would have come to head then, but then I guess that's kind of the life of the menials. Like we talked about that with um, what was that book? Deal Tread. Hmm. No, no big grand confrontation with the main bad guy because that's not their lot in life, right? Right. Like, oh my God, there was something really crazy. There was these traitors. Okay, it's not really. I guess it's not our problem. I guess nobody else cares, so we don't either. Kind of. The the part of me wanted closure to it, but I guess it doesn't really matter.
1: I think there might have been more. We might have seen more of it if Squirrel had been killed. Perhaps because then Maven probably would have gone down this shame spiral, because he was trying to warn her to get out of the apothecary.
0: Let's more about Maven because he's the main character more or less of the short story that's in the beginning. First off, can I ask would you have preferred the short story to be at the end of the book or did you like it at the beginning of the book?
1: You know, I actually went back and forth on that because when I saw them in the book, I was like, well, I don't know if I liked reading that short story ahead of time, but The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't think it
0: matters. I think with Maven, I'm with you. I go back and forth because in some ways I'm like, no, I would have much preferred that at the end of the book for Brond's story, right? I would have preferred knowing that Brond gets his due from Karn at the end. But Maven, it's interesting to see him, this old crooked man, who wants to die. Right? Like when we see him in that short story, that's where he's at and then we come back and we get to see oh like so many other things and so many other people. He was at one time did not hate life, wasn't eager for death, was good-looking man. Yes, yeah, he actually and I kept martyr- thinking
1: of him as an old man. And this one talked about how he was in the pits. I'm like, well, that's just weird. You shouldn't be throwing fights. Well, of course he's going to throw a fight. He's feeble. Like, you know, and when she, I think it was when they started describing his arms. I was like, oh, this is way far back.
0: And a couple times she mentions that he's handsome, that he's good looking. Um, unlike a lot of the other people. Right. And that's what makes him unique is that he is a good looking man. Um it's interesting to see that side right where it's like yeah Mm -hmm. you remember the aged thing from the beginning who's all just pissed at life and wants to die desperately wants to die this is this is where he started and this is where he started down his path like it's interesting because some of the characters like a lot of the characters like brawn right this is kind of where his path ends everything that comes after this it ain't good right because he's a world eater same thing with this guy, but that's kind of his the start of his arc towards how he becomes this just I loved when Karn has the realization. There was two things about that short story that I thought were very artful. One is when Karn has the realization, Oh, Brond didn't send you. You want to die, don't you? Um also of note, Brond still like shields him and tries to save him. Mm-hmm. Which i thought was really nice but the other thing that i really liked was the revelation that brawn did not send him that he went out of his own volition because he's like we need you like i i know how this is gonna play out my master's gonna die this is gonna be a nightmare mm-hmm. and that realization of oh <laughs> okay
1: I don't Final think he really player. thought Bront was gonna die. But in Karn came up, I think he's like, Okay, this is how I save save my master and he was cause he was still shocked when he killed him in the end. I mean, actually I was surprised when he killed him and he was just like that when he just said the blood god cares not from where the blood flows, I'm like, oh well if we got no friends or foes here. It's just let the blood let the blood flow.
0: I did like there was one detail in on there that I really liked with the flesh terror. When they talk about him talking. And even though he's like a savage nightmare. And he talks. And they're like, oh. So refined. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. he is the son of Sanguinius. And the whole fight between him and Karn. If you can call it a fight. Was it a
1: fight? I don't know what it
0: was. An execution.
1: Yeah, something.
0: I do appreciate that everyone basically shows up and is like, oh, Karn. We'll kill him. Really?
1: Karn's got plot armor.
0: (laughs) only has plot armor. He's Karn. Like, this guy's... He's he's infamous. He was infamous before the heresy. Right? Like, these are the people who were plot armored, but also just you know how many people this man has killed? But oh no, no, don't worry. Our flesh terror. He's got it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So what happens to Maven now?
1: I don't, I don't know. Does it become Carn seneschal or does he just like just hang out there in the bloody sand or bloody snow or whatever? Every,
0: every job ever. What? worst secretarial job ever. Karn's equerry. Well, because he said he's like, Well, you
1: have some usefulness yet. That's all the world eaters see everything. Well you're useful.
0: Right? Waste Which, not I mean, what not. No, there is that, and Karn has already established that our legion, our Primarch, our Legion, if it's of no use to us, we get rid of it. Whereas this guy still has some use, but what in the hell does Car need a sinushawl for? What
1: well, does Car need anything? I mean, good point. I mean, that's why I was kind of hoping there'd be like more books.
0: There should be. Damn it! Hey, um, I also did like
1: Reynolds. The... You haven't been like, Great. like forced oh, out by uh, Black Library yet. Get on this.
0: Other Reynolds. I
1: know. That's what I'm saying. So he hasn't been forced out. So get on this. What are you doing?
0: exactly what are you doing working for riot games my god oh Uh, is he (laughs) um come on
1: nobody cares about league of legends anymore write this stuff
0: (laughs) the entirety of esports enters the chat um i really loved the sections in the short story where you get to see from Karn's point of view
1: (laughs) right especially when you realize not, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't real. Maybe it's just like a weird
0: blood dream. Killed and I was like, "All oh, that just to kill him?" And then the next scene, he's just still sitting there, and you're like, "Oh." Right. He like envision it. It's almost he almost he almost Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going it going through it,
0: and then decides whether or not it's worth it or not. Right. Like you want it die. Corn doesn't want you. You're also weak, and I can kill you in one hand stroke. It's not gonna bring me glory. Which, of course, they are all about glory. Which is one of my favorite things about the world eaters. You got problems.
1: Hmm. You got problems.
0: Hmm? Oh, I. That's fair. I gotta own that. But I'm with you. I I came into this, and I was like, oh, you know, we'll see how this is. I really enjoyed it. Obviously being a World Eaters fan. Um, I, want, I want more. Yeah. Especially post-Rift, we did get to see him in Shroud of Night.
1: Oh crap, you're right. Because mm-hmm. the way Black Library runs on, they're not gonna let him finish this. Although he did talk about, did you read his intro where he talks about how he did have a full idea for writing about scalathrax? You can still write about that.
0: Well, that made me sad, too, because I did know, right, like I knew that the whole thing on Scalothrax happens because they're fighting the Emperor's children. I didn't realize that that's quite how it started. Of We're going to all come down here like friends and then, um, no.
1: Well, and the whole thing was just so petty. Like, they're like, we want to attack that system. Why? Because it's there. And then they get there and the Empress told you like, um, no, this is ours first. <laughs> Please leave. And instead of like, okay, we'll go find another system to... It's like, nope, we're just going to kill all of you. We're, part of it is we're still mad for what happened at the Siege of Terra. But other part of it is we don't like you. There's actually one thing that cracked me up when the um, emissary is pleading with Karn. Like, let's not fight each other. You know, let's turn our ire, you know, towards you know Gulliman's sons and the these people and then he gets to the like you know the the fifth and he's like we love the fifth compared to you it's like oh god
0: i love that yes when he's like or oh, the scars and we always liked the scars we never liked you I'm like i get okay yes you are correct because I guess I pictured there to be more to it than that, other than just, I, I mean, you guys are I kind of punky and we don't like you.
1: I Well, I mean, uh, what was that line? It was from uh, City Slickers when uh, Billy Crystal's character said, you know, women need a reason to have sex. Men just need a place. Ripper's children need a reason to go to war. These guys just need a place. They don't care. Whatever. Pretty much.
0: They're just like, oh, okay. And I guess I wanted the rivalry to be something a little bit more than just like, nah, we just don't like you. And you're also being kind of dicks to us. Like, I did like that Galerius was embarrassed about that, by the way, when he was like, no, they're being very rude. How do I know your legion better than you do?
1: Oh, like, oh this oh. seems
0: not grand to me
1: oh when he's like they're being very disrespectful
0: <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> duh like that's just kind of how the children do um but yes when he when he ends it and he's just like we will call this place scalathrax i was like oh no that's very bad and then it got me wondering like my conspiracy side was like did the demon explain that that was coming, and Karn was like, "Bring it on," when he was like, "Oh, you're the betrayer." I did like how Karn was like, "Hmm, okay," like everybody else is like, "What? What does that mean?" And he's just like, "I
1: don't think Karn even cared." It's like, "Whatever," you know, yap yap yap. I think
0: yap. you're a hundred percent correct on that. um It was just a little weird to me that he was just like, hmm. "All right, take it in stride." Yeah. Maybe because he knows
1: and doesn't care. I don't know. Uh, I don't think Karn cared about anything.
0: I think that's fair too. I think this Karn just doesn't care. Um as much as I have had fun because this summer has actually been pretty cool because we've read a lot of little shorties like this. Um it's been breezy chicklet. Um it's been <laughs> nice and easy and fun, but we're starting to come to the end of the summer here. I'm really excited that we get to dive back into, also into the Imperium. Um, We did Aramon, we've done Karn. I need to get back into just some good old fashioned corruption. Of a different sort. Of a different sort. Of the more pedestrian bureaucratic sort. Um, We do not have our copies, of Vaults of Terra, The Dark City, yet, but that is going to be our next book. I'm very excited, um, mostly because I, I've been wanting to know what the hell is going on with Spinoza.
1: I'm not excited, I mean, I'm excited that it's here, but I would rather have had the next um, Watchers of the Throne.
0: Literally just had set the second one. So? You're going to have to wait, Veruca. No. I hadn't thought of it that way before. <laughs> and I, I, I like your ideas and would subscribe to your newsletter. I also want Vaults. I also want uh, Watchers of the Throne 3, but I will settle for Vaults of Terror because I'm not lying. I think we even mentioned this in a podcast or recently. I was like, I, I want to know, like, what happened? Erasmus Crowell basically was like, well, that messed me up. I got to go. Well, Spinoza well, basically, he,
1: down he down. comes back. There's like a parent who went out of town for a weekend, came back. His kids had kids had a, you know, party and they trashed the place. He's like, I can't leave you alone for five minutes. I'm out of here.
0: That was there's going to be some fallout for that. I don't think anyone's walking away from that. Super uh, happy. No. no. Um, I, I want to see, though. I want to see the fallout of that. I want to see how every everybody lands. What is everybody thinking about this? What is Crowell doing? Um, Aside
1: from disrupting the astronomical for a little bit?
0: <laughs> well, he didn't. Do that Technically, they were doing that. Um, he was there. He was there. Um, God, I hope they don't try and, like, pin that on him. Anyways, there's just a lot of going on that I'm really excited for it. I feel like this is gonna be, cause like the really one of the cool things that we joke a lot about Robbie Bobby's voicemail, I feel like we haven't read a book in a while that would end in a voicemail to Robbie Bobby. Mostly because this one takes place like way too early for right. Robbie Bobby. I guess um, so. Yeah, we haven't read one in a while where it's like, oh yeah, no, this definitely ends in one. I think the last one,
1: well, the last one, so it, you know, ended when the, when the beacon went out and that was when the demons, you know, were invading, were invading Terra, right as he came to Terra. So it may or may not end up in a voicemail because they don't know if he's there yet. I don't know what to see.
0: Yeah. I think they do know he's there now. I mean, and that'll be also interesting because as you said, it was all kind of taking place in the lead up to Mm -hmm. that. It'll be interesting now that yeah, Gulliman's around and there's a lot of crossover between the Watchers of the Throne books. Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, just in the timeline, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I had to go back and look. The last book that we read that ended in a voicemail to Robbie Bobby was Assassinorum Keymaker.
1: Oh, that definitely ended in a voicemail to Robbie Bobby.
0: That definitely ended in a voicemail. <laughs> We've got bad news, um, <laughs> because Dawn of Fire, Throne of Light, he's an active participant. Right, right. In that series, yeah, so that, yeah. I don't think like that ends in one. The of no, no, St. No. Catherine.
1: Definitely not oh, Huron no. Blackheart. <laughs> well, Huron <laughs> Blackheart, like he was like, oh, he was kind of there. I mean, you know, he already escaped the uh, the Red Corsairs and he was there taking his ship back. <laughs> Still actually one of my favorite endings for a for a Trader oh. Marine book.
0: I feel like Huron Blackheart is like low on the list. Right, like when you go through your house, like your home repairs in your house, right? He's like the old holes from nails from the previous owners. Yeah, we'll <laughs> spackle that later. I don't care about that right now. Um, He's very low in the list. So yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it So is. hopefully, I have a feeling that it'll end in a voicemail. Or maybe he'll be there. He'll make a surprise appearance.
1: So he won't need a voicemail. All right, guess we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, so that's our uh, next book. It's so I get my Light. book
1: tomorrow, so...
0: Hopefully, I get mine tomorrow. I want the thing.
1: No, uh, yours is gonna come when you're on your vacation. You're gonna have to wait. Ugh. I'm just gonna text you spoilers the whole time you're on Don't vacation. Don't dare. Just gonna block me.
0: <laughs> I will. I will straight up be like, "Yeah, nope. I do not know this person anymore. New phone. Who this? <laughs> <laughs> Blocked.
1: That'd be hilarious.
0: I would. You wanna take us out? I here? know.
1: I know you would. That's the funny part. So you've listened to the Warhammer 40k book club episode regarding Karn, Eater of Worlds by Anthony Reynolds. So be sure to join us next time for The Dark City by Chris Rait. We are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the Black Library. Ooh, everything almost fell. Or any of its affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Our site also has articles about adventures and reading other Warhammer 40k books and short stories outside of the book club books. So please stay wild and read from a crag. And I'm still all furious, just in case you were curious.
0: World eater so you can world eater while you world eater.
1: That's a lot of eating of worlds.
0: A lot of world eating. Wait. That's all I got. Is there I official
1: got. band, Jimmy Eat World?
0: Have you listened to Jimmy Eat World? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no. They would listen to that and be like, ah, make it stop. Death Clock. They'd be down with some Death Clock. That
1: would be, that's true. They would be down with some Death Clock.
0: Nathan Explosion might low key be one of the missing members the world
1: eaters. Tune in next time as we discuss the bands of the 40K or of the legions. That could be fun. That actually could. Be fun. <laughs> All right, good night well, everybody.
0: Uh, good night everybody. <laughs> <laughs>